What is the answer to 99 out of 100 questions? Money. Look, Mental, these jokers have got a lot of money and it belongs to me. I want to know who they are and what they're doing with it. I'm sorry about that, man. I really am. Money does bad things to people. There ain't no excuse for it. Money. 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 I'm going to say money. Welcome to the We Are Money podcast brought to you by Beasley Mitchell and Company. I am your wonderful host, Brad Beasley, and with me with me as always is David. I mean Garth. I Garth, mean David. Party on, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> so with me is David Beasley and uh, the lovely Rebecca Deeser. Rebecca, Hello. how are you? I'm great today. How are you, Brad? Doing just great. Doing just great. And we have a uh, our special guest in the uh, studio with us today, and uh, we'll be talking with her is uh, Michelle Shermer. Michelle's a CPA with Beasley Mitchell and Company, and uh, she uh, is, is specializes in 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 moo and dairy activity, and we sometimes call her the Dairy Queen. Thanks for having me today. <laughs> Welcome, Michelle. Welcome, Michelle. You know, Michelle. Before we get started, I know David always has a question for any of our guests. What What would you say you do here? Well, I am a tax supervisor at Beasley Mitchell. I get the pleasure of assisting clients with their tax filing and consulting needs anywhere from uh, small individuals, corporations, partnerships, and I have some experience with dairy farms. Nice, nice. So when you're talking about uh, the dairies, I know that, you know, and especially just ag in general, since we're going to kind of make this our ag theme show. Mm-hmm. And what, uh, what is kind of different when you're talking about farmers and those kind of things? So the farming industry is very different. And they are so different that the IRS has a publication specifically dedicated for dairy farmers. The IRS publication 225 is the Farmer's Tax Guide. It's almost a hundred pages of super interesting farmer tax stuff. So it's- it's, it's like farmers only, but for the IRS. Right. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to be lonely at Publication 225. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, there are a lot of things that are different about um, farming in general and dairies. Um, tax issues, accounting methods, inventory methods, um, depreciation, prices of milk and beef um, highly affect their industry. Okay, so I have questions for you. I have about four questions for you. Okay. Okay. So what is a heifer? A heifer, not a heifer. <laughs> Some of them are heifer. Yes. <laughs> I mean, just don't mention that to them. They get very sensitive about their weight. <laughs> so a heifer is a female bovine that has not had a calf yet, that has not been bred. Mm. Okay. Not had a calf yet. Not had a calf yet. And I'm not an expert. I just learned what I know from... The okay. dairy people that I talk to. Okay. And, and from talking to the cows. Yeah, right. Yes. The cow whisperer. Yes. They're very amusing. Uh. <laughs> so then um, when we, we always use the generic term cow, but there is actually a specific IRS definition of a cow, isn't there? Uh, I don't know the specific IRS definition of a cow. Somebody's already had a Well, yes. Calf. A cow is a female bovine that has had a calf. Yes. That has been calf. Okay, now we're going to switch. So uh, what are the two classifications for male? A bull and a steer. Okay, what's the difference? A steer is a 
castrated male bovine. Yes, so they are not used in dairy farming. Do they moo at a higher pitch? <laughs> I've never asked the cow the, the steer that. Like moo. Right, and moo. In bull, bulls are usually breeding breeding stock. So now I know that we always get into, and some of the stuff you get into is the, uh, the things with financing, and, and mm. it's unique to dairies and unique to farmers in general. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, there are very specific things to do with uh, dairies and financing. So a lot of times, you know, the lenders, the cows are part of the collateral on a loan. So a lot of times the banks come out and do inventory quarterly or semi-annually. So they go count the cows and also check on the uh, feed. The feed can be part of the collateral. So there are very specific um, restrictions in, on um, dairies and financing. Okay. Is there any tricks or anything like that to doing inventory for cows? Well, when we take the um, the new interns out to go to go view the cows, <laughs> fun to tell them to, uh, you know, while you're counting the cows, to count the legs and divide by four. <laughs> um, is that the same thing in the bullpen, or do you have to do uh, something some, different? It's a di- different sometimes, denominator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> right. Now, what other issues kind of face dairies and uh, farmers in general? Um. Well, there's, there's a lot of, um, I mean, the prices of milk, the prices of beef can really affect, and then the environmental conditions also. Yeah. Right. I know that um, some of the stuff that we looked at where these dairies have to have this runoff area for mm-hmm. um, the rain, when the rainwater occurs on the farm, right. the, the water runs off, they have to you know, have an area to collect that because that water is too hot, full of nitrogen and stuff like that, that it burns Not crops. Not contaminate wow. the, the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's always, it's always interesting. So can you tell us a funny, a funny story, a funny farming dairy story? Mm. Please milk it for all it's worth. Yes. Because <laughs> we're trying to keep the show Yeah, I have, I have a Bachelor moving. of Accountancy, not a Bachelor of Accountant. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that's funny. That's funny. Easter, do you have anything for Michelle? Actually, yes, I have a question. Um, I've heard <laughs> that when, uh, say, a heifer... Uh, has calves, so she becomes a cow. Those calves, you have zero basis. So could you maybe talk about the book and tax differences of how you could calculate <laughs> what other costs might be included in either cost of goods sold or, or book basis? So for cash basis or tax basis, the 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 calves born have zero value. It's mm-hmm. just cow. But for a book or gap purposes, we usually capitalize the cost of feeding the cow into the cost of the cow and then you know, capitalize it over the life of the cows. Okay. Nice. Well, Michelle, thank you very much for that amusing uh, segment <laughs> on cows and dairies and all that. And so yes. we're going to move into our, our uh, second segment, which I know is one of David's favorites. Yes, this is one of my favorites. So I have to ask Brad his questions as if he ruled the world. So Brad, I have 10 questions for you and verify again to me that you have never seen these questions. I have never seen these questions. I have nothing up my sleeves. Yes, and so this would be if you ruled the world. Okay. Question number one. With one provision, how would you simplify the tax code? 
with one provision or one piece of legislation. How would I simplify the tax code? Wow. <laughs> wow. That's hard. Um, I think that I would simplify it by um, making all legislation permanent and requiring big changes to be made, like some type of minimum amount of changes have to be made, not these little piddly changes that we occur all the time. Mm. Like no deadline, like you can't do something in December. Yeah, you can't be retroactive on changes because it just it becomes too mm. difficult to plan. Good. All right, question number two. What would your be your policy on space exploration? I am for space exploration. <laughs> I am I'm pro. Pro space. Pro space. Pro space. Pro space. Got it. Then I'm thinking with you being the king of the world and everything that you would have your own mythology that you would basically what I'm calling Bradology, the study mm -hmm. of Brad. Mm -hmm. So what would be your backstory that everyone would learn in grammar school? My backstory is that I was, uh, you know, born in a uh, mountaintop in Tennessee and prettiest land. Wait, no, that's that's Davy Crockett. Yeah. My bad. That's not. No, it doesn't you, didn't, you didn't wrestle any bears. No, no, or kill one with three. No, none of that. Um, you know, my backstory would probably be that uh, when I was a uh, uh, child, uh, a CPA came down and blessed me with the knowledge of tax codes and all this. And so it was mm. just uh, it was like a lightning bolt. Right. It's what it would be. And, um, you know, his name would be Don. And, uh, and he blessed me with the ability to, get to account. True story. Yes. True story. Darn. Nice. So... To question number four, how would you handle education and medical costs in your world? Would they be private, public, a little bit of both? Uh, I would actually, uh, education costs in general. Yep. I think that um, there are certain aspects of the higher education institutions that should be uh, funded in by, by states. There are certain base levels that the states feel is necessary to educate their their um uh, population. However, I think at a certain level, masters and above, I think that it's hard to allow people to uh, uh, subsidize some of the uh, uh, the tuition. I think that should be fully bore on the cost of the students. I mean, that it's preparing them for an excellent career. And then question number five, would you allow the designated hitter? Oh, absolutely. I think it's terrible. I think that, I think not having a designated is terrible. It's just, it's, it's, it, it makes for a weird world series. It was just awful. Awful. You don't like yes. watching pitchers try to attempt to swing a bat? Well, I mean, <laughs> some of the pitchers hit better than some of the hitters, but, but it's just, it's just weird. Why would you have a rule? Like in some games you get to hit and some games you don't. And it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Just commit, just commit just one commit. way or the other. It's kind of like the roundabout from last week. Yes. Um, what would be the highest paid professions? Maybe some that aren't currently high paid. What would you? You're backing me into a corner on things that I'm supposed to be socially. I think uh, CPA should definitely be the highest paid professions. Um, mm. We have to deal with a lot. Ding, ding, ding. ding, ding. <laughs> Concerning we're all CPAs. Um, no, I think that there are, um, um, you know, certain certain things in the in the charitable and nonprofit world that people, you know, should get paid 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 more, um, you know, for. But um, I, I think free market should dictate. Actually, I think there shouldn't be one. So question seven, how would Webster's Dictionary define Brad? Uh, it would actually be uh, as part of the thesaurus in awesome. Hmm. So is it, is it a verb? No. Uh, you know, I think it's adjective. all of them. A it's also yes. an expletive sometimes expletive. too. Right. 
Yes. Definitely. I, I know our mother would agree. So. Yes. <laughs> so it's kind of, it, it actually is the only word in the language that is everything. Everything. Yes. It's yes. contextual. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. What else in society should have instant replay? Um, I think that uh, relationships, you should have instant replay co- constantly in conversations. Just go, ooh, <laughs> you know, we should. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's run that. Let's run, let's run that, that one back in on the on the field. Is that we were not not correct? Throw a flag on that one. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I definitely think that there should be instant replay on like uh, um, uh, car crashes and those kind of things. If we could have instant replay on those, that'd be fantastic. That would help uh, determine liability. Mm-hmm. Question number nine. Hypothetically. If you have second and goal from your opponent's one-yard line with 20 seconds left in the Super Bowl, down by four, and you have an all-pro running back in your backfield, what do you do? Uh, I have Russell Wilson throw a pass and allow it to be intercepted by the Patriots. <laughs> just just, just want to double-check that, you know, in case you want you to be prepared. Yes, yes. Th- then lastly, and quite honestly one of the most important things we have to address today, who would play you in the made-for-TV movie? Mm. Made-for-TV movie? Well, see, that's hard because— We can't afford huge Is this a stars. Lifetime original or just the— Big screen. Uh, it's it's yeah. got to be big screen. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Um, you know, I think the uh, I think f- if if you want the body double, I think you're probably looking at the uh, that guy Joe that married uh, Joe Sophia, Manganiello. Joe Manganiello that married <laughs> Sofia Vergara. I think that's if you're looking for body double. If you're looking for just overall, you know, you know, probably him. Probably him. Mm-hmm. He'd probably be about right. You know. Well, our waiter the other right. day said that Jude Law. You know, you and Jude Law. Oh, that me twice, and Jude Law right? could look twice. That or Seth MacFarlane. Is Jude is Jude a guy or a girl? I he believe he's a, a male. Okay. Yes. No, people say a lot of things to get a tip. Well, that's true. That's <laughs> true. And it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. Well, good job, Brad. Another excellent job answering the the questions. Sounds good. So now we're moving on to the next one, which is David's legal corner. The information contained on David's Legal Corner is provided as a general public service. The listeners, if any, are advised to check for changes to current law and to consult with an attorney. David's Legal Corner does not contain eggs, milk, dairy, wheat, soy, caffeine, aspartame, MSG, lactose, sucrose, or fructose, and is certified gluten-free and vegan approved. David's Legal Corner is produced in a facility that contains nuts. In the event of a water landing, a life vest is probably not located under your seat, and David's Legal Corner should not be used as a flotation device. Thank you, Rebecca. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Always entertaining, always entertaining. So, David, the question we have for you comes from Frank the Tank in Steamboat Springs. He asks, David, I'm being told that I should form an LLC. Should I have an attorney assist me? My initial answer would be yes, you should, because there's a whole bunch of just hidden traps that can come in if you don't have an attorney assist you. There's a lot of especially if you listen to Sirius XM and different radios that you have LegalZoom and you have different different um, services that, that pop up that say they can do it all the time. Now, those may end up working for you, but depending on exactly what you're wanting to have covered and the reason for your LLC or a corporation really should be reviewed by an attorney just to make sure that if there's any pitfalls, anything that you might be able to do better, um, things like that, that you can get covered, that you can get it done right the first time, and not have to go back and fix any of these things to get them set up. And quite honestly, they're not that an attorney's not that much more expensive than what you're than what you're getting by some of some of those other online products. I've often heard that uh, in some states it actually might be cheaper to just get a good insurance policy as opposed to forming an LLC. Do you have any examples of that? Well, now when you get form an LLC or own something in an LLC or a corp, it doesn't mean that you should forego any insurance. It, it, it basically the LLC, what you're doing on that is you're putting a cap 
on what is the maximum amount that uh, somebody who wins a judgment against you could go to collect against those against your assets. For example, if you have a, a rental property and you put it in an LLC to be owned by there, it doesn't mean that you won't be sued. anybody Anybody can be sued. You know, they always talk about you can indict a ham sandwich <laughs> if you if you want. Huh. <laughs> it's not very nice on the ham. And not it, nice on the ham sandwich, but it's not, an, it's not an NLC. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now, if yeah. I have an LLC and I'm operating inside of it. Uh, is it the, are my actions covered under the LLC? It depends on if you're acting on behalf of the LLC or if, or if you're not. If you're doing something that is illegal, then most likely you're not going to be covered under the, LLC, under the LLC umbrella. But if you're doing something that is in furtherance of your LLC and you're covered under that, then it generally should fall under that to, to be covered. Okay, so like a real-world example, like so if, if Michelle has her LLC and mm-hmm. she gets upset at me and she walks over and she says, I'm doing this in my LLC and she I smacks me across you the- with my- you stabbed me. I was going to go slab, but you went with stab. Hey, so that's fine. I got fine. what is in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> so is she okay now? Well, I would have to say the the normal attorney answer, which is it depends. Mm. I mean, is she an acupuncturist that is trying out a new treatment on Brad and, and is poking that there and that's part of furthering her business? I mean, I would try to get her, get her on that before. But um, <laughs> medical, uh, uh, you know, I, <clears throat> right. if, if that if that's in furtherance of her purpose, but <laughs> more than likely, if she you know was had an LLC that she was you know maybe owned a Dairy Queen, um, then um, and then she went to go hit you. That's probably not covered under the LLC, whether or not she says it is. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Well, that makes a lot so, of sense. <laughs> if people have any other questions? They can certainly uh, um, give me a call or shoot me an email, and um. Or they can tw- they can follow us on Twitter at, at Beasley Mitchell. Uh, they can also follow us at uh, the Beasley Mitchell website www.bmc-cpa.com for all the latest news and updates. And you can follow uh, us on Facebook as well. We have a Facebook account, and we are uh, updating that constantly. Once again, you're listening to the We Are Money podcast. Brad Beasley, along with David Beasley and Rebecca Deser, and our special guest Michelle Shermer. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to move on to the superhero tax questions. So we have one clarification from last week's discussion. If you remember last week, we discussed about Batman and whether his expenses are deductible and, mm-hmm. and whether he was incorporated or not. Right. Well, one of our listeners actually provided to us that um, a situation where in, I believe it was 2004, that actually Batman came out with Batman Incorporated. Right. In the, in the, in the, in the comics. <clears throat> and so he actually licensed his likeness and sold it to like El Guaco or whatever it is. How, the, how do you say? Well, he, fran- he, franchised, he franchised himself. He franchised and so himself. people could pay franchise fees back to Batman. Uh, apparently there was like a Batman in Mexico that was like El Guaco or Guacamole or yeah. some, something like that. I believe that name? series didn't last for very long. I, yeah, I don't think Just so either. So we're, out there. we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> ignore that. A bunch of guano. <laughs> It's iguana. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Which is the technical term, I believe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to our superhero tax question for this episode is that we're going to discuss how are the X-Men treated for tax and employment law purposes. Deeser, do you care to give us a little bit of background on, you know, the X-Men a little bit maybe and, and kind of why this would be a little bit of a discussion point? Well, there's two kind of different uh, moving parts on this one that we're looking at. The first one is the X-Men as a a crime-fighting group, as you will, and the second is how they operate as professors at the university teaching other 
other mutants with uh, Professor X. Sure. And so we're kind of looking at uh, does their activity as as teachers or as uh, crime fighters, does it qualify more as uh, contract work or as employment? Okay. So what are our thoughts, David? My initial thought, actually, if you're going to talk to the Department of Labor on there, they pretty much think that everybody is an employee no matter what. Um, but um, there's these tests that we've gone that that the Department of Labor and the IRS have given to us, basically determining whether somebody is going to be classified as an independent contractor versus an employee. And basically, the the tests are basically the behavior control test, um, which um, covers facts showing if the the business or the enterprise has a right to to direct and control what work is done, how it is done, and provides training that. There's a financial control test that shows if the business has the right or to direct the financial business aspects of yes, the I think they're, they're two for two in that case. Right. Yeah. Then there's also the relationship of the party and covers the facts that show the type of relationship the party's had. Includes written contracts, um, whether the business provides work or with employee type benefits such as insurance, pension, vacation. I don't know. Is there a X-Men 401k? I don't know, or maybe a prof- profit sharing. I don't know. I did learn in preparing that the money for most of this, apparently Professor Charles Xavier um, inherited most of this. So that's oh. where this, mm-hmm. this So came he earned from. his money the old-fashioned way. Yes, he, <laughs> he was born into it. He was born into it. <laughs> and that, so, hmm. so those are the different things that, that, that you're looking into. I think with them being professors, I got to think from there that, that the school probably needs to be treating them as employees, what do you think, Rebecca? I think that's probably true. However, from the uh, the crime fighting perspective, I think they're more uh, contract workers because although they do work together, they're not really following any direct orders. They kind of just do their own thing. But do they get paid to be crime fighters? Does somebody pay them, or are they like nonprofit? So are we back to hobby? Right, hobby. I they... think these would be hobby losses. See, I, I, I'm I, I assuming a, they're even getting paid. I have a completely different take than all of you. I think they're neither employees nor independent contractors. I think they're students. Mm. I think they are all considered students. They're graduate assistants. They're graduate assistants. And so therefore they're having their room and board provided because they are, you know, they're having to take care of all the little mutants there in the halls Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, I mean, Wolverines, I'm sure tucking people into bed and, Mm -hmm. you know, putting little, the little mutants to bed and stuff like that. And so uh, then they also work, um, you know, uh, specific tasks, you know, they sent them out and do those kind of things. I mean, I think that I, I, I think that they're students. There's a lot of benefits there that they're getting. I, I, I students uh, of Professor. Students of of Professor X, and so then mm-hmm. they're. It's almost like being an NCAA football player. They're out there generating revenue and doing stuff, and they're not getting any benefit other than maybe some room and board. Right. Interesting. I wonder if there's a any compliance like clearinghouse like the NCAA has for for mutants. mutants. Either that or, or, or are they getting, are they students when they're not mutants? And then when they kind of use their mutant abilities, are they somebody different? I mean, like Wolverine's just, you know, Hugh Jackman and right. normal stuff. And then he becomes Wolverine. I mean. Well, I think they would be students when they're mutants because those uh-huh. are the skills that they're learning mm-hmm. to hone and control. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it's always an interesting discussion trying to figure out what, uh, what these tax uh, codes and all the provisions of employing an independent contractor uh, go. Uh, any parting shots there? David or Michelle? I don't think so, but I, I would be very careful in classifying anybody as an independent contractor nowadays with the new things that have come out with the Department of Labor. They've really want to classify a lot of a lot of people as 
as employees, even if they're not. And so that has some extra effects with um, your insurance. And also one thing to keep in mind that a, b- a bunch of states are now entering into agreements that the state revenue agency will now will now provide information to the Department of Labor to have them have extra information at their fingertips to make a determination. So keep that in mind. So the question is, Michelle, is why does the Department of Labor care? Like, why does it matter to them, employee versus independent contractor? Why is, I mean, they're fighting so hard to make people employees as opposed to independent contractors. End of the day, aren't they still paying tax like everybody else? No, more revenue. Okay, yeah, more revenue from payroll taxes, you know, uh, uh, state unemployment premiums and all those kind of things going in. Uh, And then workers' comp, I believe, as well. So I think you're right, Michelle, I think it's a huge revenue grab. And uh, it's a lot easier for them to just try to argue that it's all employees as opposed to uh, independent contractors. So for those of you out there listening that are independent contractors or ha- are higher independent contractors, I guess, so what would you say to them, Deezer? Well, I mean, depending on the uh, the tax bracket that you're in, the gross receipts tax is almost twice what the state withholding requirement is for New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a revenue grab. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'd like to see them try to collect on Wolverine or Storm. Mm. Mm. Right. On, yeah. On that. Can we audit that, please? They can send a nasty letter and we'll see what Wolverine does. <laughs> you know, um, or even Professor Xavier, he can just kind of like mind control him, that Kenny or whatever, mm, and just right. kind of say, hey, no, you know, these droids, wait, that's not the same place. These droids aren't yours. That's not the same. <laughs> Sorry. You're, you're mixing them. You're mixing them. My bad. That's not canon, Brad. If, <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're not sure whether you qualify as a as contract labor or an employee, I would seek professional uh, advice go to your accountant and and let them know like this is my situation this this is how I work day to day they have control over this they don't have control over over these items and really find out for sure what category you fall into and if maybe you you qualify for either which would be you know the more prudent um, way to categorize your income great 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 well, sounds good. That's always a fun segment. We always get a lot of feedback from our listeners on the superhero tax questions. So we're going to move on. You're listening to the We Are Money podcast brought to you by Beasley Mitchell and Company. We're moving on to our next segment, which is one of our favorites, which is Random Weather by Rebecca Deeser. Don't you listen to the weather. We got a major storm here. I'm next to weather. All of this moisture coming up out of the Gulf is going to push us to the east and then Altoona. All right. random location weather okay so i'm going to provide some some weather forecast details and the three of you are going to try to guess the location of the weather that i'm providing okay okay ready so today the temperature is 31 but it feels like 31 (laughs) 31 (laughs) very impactful wind chill there (laughs) we've got some right two mile an hour wind coming out of the southeast 86% 86% humidity, 86% humidity, but it's 31. Um, 27% dew point, and visibility is approximately 10 miles. Ooh, I think I know this. Ooh, okay. Go. Hawaii. 31 degrees. 31 degrees in Hawaii. Mm, mm. No? Is that wrong? There's a pretty good chance that this 31 is actually Celsius. Oh. Giveaway. Okay, so but, but, if we but do the, the math, 31 this, this is, is America. America. We, we're talking Fahrenheit <laughs> here. This is America. Okay, so now i got to do some math. So 31 is, you double it and add 32, right? So like 62 plus 30. So it's like 90-something or something like that. That would make more sense with 86% humidity. Well, you never know. It could be a cold, you know, cold winter. <laughs> it's yeah. just solid ice. So <laughs> it's, solid. It, it's actually is it, underwater. Is, it, is this 100% hot? 100% <laughs> <Is this> hot? <laughs> 
No, it's Colf. It's Colf. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so we're going to let our guests go first. Miss Michelle. 96 degrees. Wait, was it again? It's 31 degrees. 31 degrees Celsius, though. Well, we don't Wait, know. We she didn't tell us. Celsius? Oh, dang it. Hmm. It's, it's um, most definitely Celsius. Town or state or both? Country. Yeah. Country? Oh, I didn't know it was international. Mm, it could be. We've gone international. It could be I, anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Okay. It's like um, Carmen San Diego. Location Earth. I'm going to go with Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. I'm going to go with Norway. I'm going to mm. say Easter Island. Well, let me tell you, you're mm. all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, One day when we get this, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> when we were preparing to hear about Michelle talk about dairies, I tried to pick something kind of incongruency with the topic. And so the, the location is actually Hungary. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was a well <laughs> done, beefy, beefy everyone. Well done. well done. Way to go, guys. All right. Now we're moving on to. A segment that we did, we they debuted last week. They got a lot of really good feedback. David, it's the best code ever. And we'll dance all night. It's the best code ever. Some folks pay a lot. Others, they pay never. And if you don't comply, you'll go to jail. However, why would you not buy? It's the best code ever. They'd be like, oh, oh, no. We'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> All right, so David, you're going to provide yeah. us with three sets of tax laws, and one of them is fake. Yes, I got three questions. Each of these, we have three different taxes. Two are, are real taxes, and one is fake. Okay. So the first one we Gasp. have, here we go. We have the World Cup tax bubble. To host a World Cup, a country must agree to exempt FIFA and its subsidiaries from paying taxes to the host country. Or two, France's Google tax. It France taxes revenue that it determines to be made off its citizens by large internet or tech companies, and right now has a potential claim from from Google of over a billion dollars that it considers to be. Oh my! For there. Oh, wow. Now, at least it wasn't a Google amount of dollars. But, oh. Um, and then there's the Spanish siesta tax. Spanish companies that sell goods during the designated siesta period are required to collect a chambachiste or an additional tax on such goods. <laughs> oh wow. wow! That are sold during that time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right, Michelle, you're first. Which one's fake? I believe it is the siesta tax. Deezer. Right. Uh, I'm taking a nap on the siesta tax. Okay. I'm going to go with the Google tax. They are correct. It is the siesta tax is incorrect. That's where Ooh, you yeah. go. Actually, chambatiste means work joke. Work joke. <laughs> 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 Excellent. That. So our, <laughs> oh, our, our Spanish <laughs> listeners, I think, got that one right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. But yes, but I found it interesting with that. Well, World bienvenidos. Yeah. <laughs> the FIFA World Cup. I can see that yeah, now with the one. whole stuff coming out. That, with yeah, with David Blatt things. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, mm-hmm. we, we can't host unless you exempt us and all our subsidiaries. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're located offshore. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. The Ireland Starving artist exemption, income earned by writers, composers, visual artists, and sculptors for the sale of their works, is generally not taxed. It must be original, creative, and have cultural or artistic merit, such as books, writings, plays, musical compositions, paintings, and sculptures. There is also the Russian map exemption. Um, Cartographical exports, such as maps, are allowed an exemption from tax if they are produced using the cylindrical map projection method, which exaggerates the size of countries near the poles, like Russia, as opposed to conic, azithermal, or planner-type maps. 
Then there is also the British cultural tax deduction. Deductions are allowed on a scale for culturally British films. Um, for example, you get you get points on this, and so the content you can get up to 16 points. Contrib contribution of British culture, you can get up to four point four points. Cultural hubs that you use in your film, you can get up to three points. And if you use British practitioners, you can get up to eight points. And so you must get at least 16 points to get about a 25% tax break. So then James Bond would get all 31 points then, basically. <laughs> I mean, because that's just, that's it. Oh, yes. Okay, absolutely. Okay, so Deezer, which one's fake? I think the Ireland uh, artist taxes is fake. Michelle? I'm going to go with the starving Irish. I'm going to go with the Russian map one. Brad, you are correct. Oh, yes. You are correct. Ireland actually has the starving artist yes. exemption for that, and that actually they actually have to go in and determine if it's if it um, has to be original and creative in that. Well, the, the Russian map one is completely made up. I yeah. think that tax returns can be art. <laughs> Maybe you can classify them as I, art. I can move. It's an original creative work. Mm -hmm. um, I think I need to relocate to Ireland. You could. I think it'd be fantastic. Some of the stuff I've seen is pretty out there. It's it's kind of like a Jackson Bollock on some of your stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she becomes magic man. Is it a tax return? What is it? What is this? It's chicken scratch everywhere. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. That's my yeah. <laughs> Number three. So number three, we have the chicken tax. Uh, NAFTA imposes a 25% tariff slash tax on chickens imported from Asia or Europe. Um, there's the Denmark cow flatulent tax. Denmark taxes cow at the rate of about $110 per cow for each cow's gas adding to greenhouse gases, and currently Denmark is the highest in the world. Then there's also the Swedish name tax. Swedish people are required to have their baby's name approved before the child turns five. Failure to do so will result in a fine up to 5,000 kroner or $770. Okay. The tax, okay, what's one's wrong, Michelle? What was the first one again, can you repeat? The chicken tax. And there's a cow flatulence tax and the Swedish name tax. Meeny, meeny, miny, cow. Meeny, miny, miny, moo. Yeah. Meeny, miny, moo. So you're going with cow tax. Cow tax. Cow tax. I think These there are, are some, but. I think the Swedish tax is false. The Swedish cow tax? Mm -hmm. the, the, the name tax. The I'm, name tax. I'm going to go with the chicken one because NAFTA doesn't necessarily govern stuff from China, so I'm going to go with the chicken tax. Mm. Brad, you are exactly correct. <gasps> oh, the, 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 US used, <laughs> the U.S. actually used to have a chicken tax. It used to do this, but it was repealed, but part of it is still in effect. It's why some cars and trucks are not allowed to be sold in the U.S., but they are in Europe mm. and, and Asia. So, example, there's some of them that have extremely high gas mileage that you can't get in the U.S. You're not allowed to sell them there. Now, Denmark does have tax cows. Um, flatulence. Flat, flatulence and the Swedish name tax is a real thing such names as they try to do it to take out names that could be confusing however mm -hmm. names like Ikea and Allah have been disallowed for um, cultural reasons and confusion they've disallowed names yeah they've disallowed names so they're saying you can't name your kid that but they have also allowed names such as Google and Lego I think the United States should have that there's, there's some All right, so like here's, here's the next segment if you had to get rid of one name what name would you get rid of Rebecca oh man uh, be careful they may be our only listener <laughs> yes that's true <laughs> please mm, I'm gonna say like fruit fruit themed names like apple apple banana that's just confusing okay yes I Michelle? definitely have to go with, and this is gonna take out a lot of listeners I apologize the unisex names so like oh. Taylor 
Mm-hmm. Anything that can be Sam. You want to read the name and know if it's a male or female. I have a yes. hard or, time. Or cross gender now. I mean, you have to well, you know, be able to have both ways. Right. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So David. I would get rid of extremely popular names such as John and David. Because when I was in school, <laughs> Brad. it didn't it didn't didn't matter where I was. I was always David. No, we're talking about the other one. Well, John. Well, no, we're talking about the other one. Okay, so then your name would just be blank blank Beasley. That would be a little bit more descriptive. Yes. <laughs> blank, blank 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 blank. It would match your forehead. Yes. Blank. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're censoring his name, just like Brad could be used as an expletive. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think uh, as far as names, it should be. Um, Removed. I mean, I, there's there's so many to, to name. I think that we should all have one spelling of a name. You know, I think that right. that if you're gonna if you're gonna be you know John, it's J O H N, not like J O N or J W H N. Yeah, I mean, there's shady nasty. Yeah, okay. <laughs> shady nasty, shady dynasty. You know, Pizzle. I mean, all those ones. You know, we just you, you got to have one name for all of those, right? You know, so I think that you, you just got to commit one way or the other. Okay, so our final segment, guys, is you know we uh, it's right around Thanksgiving and. You know, all of us would like to be running off to hot, uh, nice vacation spots. Oh, wait, some of us are. Uh, not me. But uh, we'd like Jamaica. to. Mostly Jamaica. Mostly Jamaica. So what the question is, is we're going to ask everybody is, what are we thankful for? Okay. And we all know we're thankful for family and all that stuff, right? Because that's what Thanksgiving is. But, but other family, than that. Other, blah, blah, blah. Love, 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 love. So what are we thankful for? Let's start with Rebecca Deezer. You know what? Actually, uh, I this week I am thankful for New Mexico Tax and Rev and their experience in answering phone calls. I was on the phone with the IRS for over two and a half hours the other day and called New Mexico and they picked up the phone and helped me. The entire call was less than 15 minutes. Oh, that's very nice. It was amazing. So thank you, New Mexico and Tax and Rev for, for answering the phone. David, what are you thankful for? I am thankful for Thanksgiving. A holiday in which we celebrate that which we do every day as Americans, overeat. We're starches on our plate, not on our shirts. We're cranberries are in our bowls, not on our playlists. We're stuffing, an underutilized item, is laid on the dish and not kept in a box in the pantry waiting to be used. Where pumpkins are disfigured for their pie-filled yumminess and not for cheap candlelit lawn decoration. And where the turkey, the noblest of all birds, takes center stage to lay us down for our afternoon nap. To paraphrase Ben Franklin, I wish the bald eagle had not been chosen as the representative of our country. He is a bird of bad moral character. He does not get his living honestly. You may have seen him perched on some dead tree near a river where, too lazy to fish for himself, he watches the labor of the fishing hawk. And when that diligent bird has at length taken a fish and is bearing to his nest for the support of the mate, and one young, the bald eagle peruses himself and takes it from him. For the truth is, the turkey is, in comparison, a much more respectable bird, and withal, a true native of America. He is beside, besides a, a little vainy and silly, a bird of courage, and would not hesitate to attack a grenadier of the British guards who would presume to invade his farmyard with a red coat on. But mostly, that Tony Romo is back with the Cowboys. <laughs> All right, well, that's good. Wow. <laughs> oh, very well done. What I'm well Thankful done. For by David Beasley. Yes. Chapter one. Chapter one. <laughs> Page two. Page two. <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> Ms. Goki Shermer, what are you thankful for? Sorry, sorry, I, I napped off during David. <laughs> we're, we're still recording. It's it okay. happens. That was filled with tetrazine or whatever that is. <laughs> Tryptophan. 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 Is that Tryptophan Either, or TA? Wait, my bad. I, I don't know. I don't know. Which one's the one in weed and which one's the one in turkey? I don't know. I don't know. One, one, one of those. Tryptophan. Well, so, today, what are you thankful for? being a few days before Thanksgiving, 
I'm leaving for Jamaica tomorrow. Mm. I am thankful for Photoshop because this chubby <laughs> albino girl can Photoshop and, and crop my yes and SPF can crop my pictures where my you know margarita stomach isn't going to show and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we all thank you for that. Oh, yes, you're, you're very welcome. You'll be blinded by myself blinded and by my the light. <laughs> what is that Something white thing? Is that a ghost in this oh, picture? <laughs> no, that's just Michelle. <laughs> no ghosts wore bikinis. <laughs> you see the Jamaican Yaman. Is that a ghost over there seeing in the bikini? <laughs> no, that's just an albino from yes. America. <laughs> and as for me. I am most thankful because it's Thanksgiving for stretchy pants. Because mm. sometimes... Thank you, Elastic. When you're a man, you need to wear stretchy pants. Use for fun. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, we're all certainly thankful for all of our listeners and thankful for everything that uh, we have. And I think the most, most of all, what you've noticed is that we're very thankful for a complex and intricate tax code and taxing system here in the United States that keeps us all on employed. our toes and employed. <laughs> so we're thankful to you, Congress, for making it excessively difficult and uh, allowing only people like us to understand it, what it what, what's going on. So with that, we'll go ahead and close up the shop of the uh, We Are Money podcast. Uh, like I said, I am Brad Beasley, and uh, with us is David Beasley and uh, Rebecca Deeser and our special guest, Michelle Shermer. Uh, we'll have a fantastic podcast for you here in a couple weeks, and uh, we'll have an exciting guest on at that time. And uh, follow us on Twitter, and we'll go ahead and uh, uh, end the show here with uh, uh, great thanks and have a fantastic Thanksgiving, everyone. It's not over yet. It is for me, sister. Look, I ain't in this for your revolution, man. I'm not in it for you, princess. I expect to be well paid. I'm in it for the money. 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 I'm going to say money. <laughs>